Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the show where Mark and I take a plunge into cinema sewers and find the biggest piles of crap for your viewing pleasure. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking at. I mean, I I don't even know how to how to begin describing it. Generally, I I'll I'll give you some sort of uh, lead in, but I mean. This one doesn't bury the lead of its own accord, really. We're looking at killer clowns <laughs> from outer space. Yeah, um, clowns with a K, no less. Yeah, with a K, yeah, killer clowns. You've got I'm, another... I'm surprised they didn't go for a Z on the end as well. I mean, yeah, missed opportunity there, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it wouldn't have surprised me to see it. And I think actually when I was looking for it to, um, to, to download this week, um, I think I originally put in clowns with a Z because I yeah. just assumed it was. But I, uh, I I can understand that. I bet you there is a killer clowns out there somewhere, or at least there are clowns. Uh, I would have thought, but uh, want to be somewhere. Yeah. So I mean, this is when we first started this podcast. There were, I think, a number of films that um, that sprung to mind instantly to look at in the kind of so so bad they're good category, which was yeah. our original kind of mission statement for this podcast and then somewhere along the line especially when we asked uh some of you guys out there for your suggestions we ended up looking at actually some what could be i guess thought of as we looked at some very professional films that just happen to be bad some that people think are bad and we don't um this one categorically falls into the so bad it's good camp and does so i think very knowingly um so yeah this this is prime fodder for for what we're going to look at i think um so just before we we dive in and look at it too much you know in, in the interests of uh a fair play i should make it clear that i absolutely fucking love this film um <laughs> absolutely love it so um i'm not i'm not going to bury the lead myself um just like the film doesn't when it comes to the question at the end i already know my answer so yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I've I saw this film fucking donkeys years ago. Um, I probably haven't seen it in a well, certainly not as long as I've known you. Um, probably longer. It's probably been a good twenty years since I've seen it. Um, hadn't thought about it in a very long time until we started talking about it, and then when I was looking for it, I found it on YouTube. It's there's a, a full version broke into uh, ten, uh, ten minute sections, um, okay. and then we were looking at, uh, we were looking last week and. It was available on iTunes for like seven quid. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it. It's something that I will watch again and again and again. When the kids are a bit older and I'm wanting to scare the shit out of them, I might sort of start looking at stuff like this to uh, to put on for them. Because um, they like clowns at the moment. That needs to change. Um, no so, one yeah, so likes I, I, clowns. What's wrong with your kids? They're kids. Kids are assholes. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they think clowns are all funny. and They haven't, they haven't been exposed to it yet. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's a slippery slope, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's one of those. I didn't object to buying it, and I, I was looking at it. So the price to rent it was like four quid to rent or six quid to buy, and I thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll watch it more than twice. So I'll, no, I'll make my money back there. So um, yeah, so I went out and bought it, um, and yeah, I, I, I watched it last night. Um, I didn't start it until probably after most people's sensible bedtime. I think I ended up going to bed about three o'clock this morning. So um, yeah, I, I've there aren't a lot of films I can say I would have started that late. And sat all the way through. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I have a completely different history with this film to you, actually. Um, Yeah, first and foremost, as Mark says, and as we always say on these shows, we completely advocate paying actual cash money uh, or at least digital cash money for anything that you're going to watch, whether it be from our recommendation or not. Um, Yes, this may be available, but people, and and, and this one especially is evident in the product. People poured their heart and souls into this and they deserve your money if you wish to watch it. Um, It is absolutely worth every penny of the $7.99 it costs digitally. Um, Last year off the back of of its breakout success, there was also a remastered Blu-ray set that came out, which is something like about fourteen ninety-nine, uh, and I would wow, say dude. it's worth every penny of that as well. Um, I was actually just looking for an excuse to buy that, which this podcast gave me, but unfortunately, uh, current situation as it is, I have not been able to get hold of that. Um, however, it's still on on the back burner is something I'm going to get. But for me, I, I didn't watch this back in the day. I mean, this was released 1988. 88, yeah. Um, didn't watch it. I've been aware of it um, pretty much all my life. It's been on the, on the periphery um, for me. You know, it's, I like monsters as most of you know, uh, I like creature features and I like horror films and I especially like comedy horror. So why I never watched this as a child, I don't know. But I didn't actually come to this until uh, about two years ago, actually. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge theme park nut as well. And Universal Studios have started using this property extensively in their Halloween Horror Nights lineup okay. as of about two years ago. Um, now, I have a thing before I go to Horror Nights every year. I like to make sure that I've seen all of the films for all of the houses and scare zones that are that are represented. I think you get much more out of it. And so I picked up killer clowns from outer space and loved it immediately upon the first watch app just absolutely adored it um and and still do um i actually ended up getting my my photo taken with a bunch of the clowns last year because they were wandering around the park so i'll uh, i'll get that up on the on the socials so you guys can see the kind of thing uh, that's been done with this as well but yeah it's definitely had a resurgence in popularity of late possibly off the back of it as i say and that's how i came to it yeah Um, i mean it's just that's quite likely i mean i i did find it also i mean i i saw this one of my housemates in uni had it um on vhs which is where i first saw it um and yeah it was one of those i say it was it was really funny it was one of those you could pick up and put down but i hadn't done for years i'd forgotten all about it and when we were talking about it it jumped out as one of the ones because the kind of the genesis of this show um for people who don't know is that when we were um, making films and we were waiting for stuff to render because the computer we were using was uh, was a little on the clunky side when it came to rendering things just take a while so we'd set something to render and then go sit down and watch a film like this um, or any of the films that will pop up on this on this podcast and when I was thinking about the other day I couldn't believe that this never came up that we never sat down and watched this as I hadn't thought about it at the time but thinking about it in the context of this podcast I can't believe we never did but that would explain why yeah um as I say, I've, I've I've always known it existed, um, but it's actually even for me that that title is so on the nose yeah. that I think I always wrote it off. Um, and and when we were watching it, and, and believe me, when we were editing, we watched some absolute <laughs> shite. And I've still yeah. got the DVDs for some of those films around here, so I'm sure they'll pop up on this podcast someday. But good luck to all of you in tracking down the kind of shit that we used to watch. Yeah, um, I, I think Killer Christmas Trees was a highlight. 
Trees is is excellent, yeah, and it's it's on the list for this pod. But even we're having difficulty tracking that bad boy down now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so so I think I always just kind of wrote this off, and particularly when I hit kind of teenage years and got a bit snooty, and especially when I became a film student. Um, you know, I went through that phase. Everybody goes through that phase. I was I was a snooty asshole briefly. Um, I just kind of wrote it off. Um, I am so glad I've I've come to it now. Um, even though it's been around for, you know, over thirty years at this point, it is now in my life, and uh, yeah, it, it's wonderful. I watched it uh, at about nine o'clock on Saturday morning, so the complete opposite to you. Um, I had a very busy weekend. We have to watch a lot of stuff for this podcast as well. So I thought, you know what. I'm just going to get up and stick it on before I get sidetracked into doing something else. And even at nine o'clock in the morning when you're half awake, it's just wonderful. It's so easy to watch. It's actually so well done as well, which we'll get into. Um, I love everything about it, but it is definitely intentionally or not. It is definitely in the so bad it's good camp. And so it definitely fits with better than Mario. So, to dive into it then, as I say, it was it was 1988, the Chiodo Brothers, um, produced by, directed by, written by, yeah. creature designed by, you name it. Um, they didn't actually, I, I don't believe, I would have to, to check this, but I don't believe they actually made the puppets. I believe there was a workshop involved in that, but they certainly designed them. Um, so, you know, in the best tradition of, of B-movies and 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 low budget indies this is kind of you can't say a one-man band because there are three children brothers but mm. it's it's certainly their show you know um budget incidentally originally as well of just under two million dollars yeah which i know it was the 80s so that was that was a lot more money then but even so um peanuts for what they actually achieve in the film to be fair yeah. so there's a background on it um and just to dive in then and go through the film as as we do on this show first and foremost the first thing that needs saying about it is that theme song oh it's fucking incredible it's great isn't it so that's by the, a band called the dickies yeah um, they're american punk band it's yeah it's awesome that that theme song is awesome um yeah if I you don't like the film you at least have to love that theme song i think the album the um the soundtrack album is available um digitally as well um I haven't, I haven't found it, but so when I've been looking at stuff, it seems to be quite widespread. So, uh, yeah, give it a listen, even if it's just that one song. Um, just the, the, the theme song is brilliant. Yeah, it's an earworm as well, so you have been warned. It will be stuck in your head. But, yes, it is available digitally. It is on Spotify. Um, I do have it in my movie themes playlist, so it is out there for you should you want the theme song. Um, and then, you know, we're first introduced then. As soon as, This is one of the weird things about this film. It is... Well, I say weird, it's, it's not weird, it's just, um, unfortunately, the, the one place it falls down is that there is very little actual plot or story to this film. Um, it is kind of a one-trick pony, but they pull that trick off very well. And so we actually open, more or less, with Mooney, who's who you wonder if he's going to be a villain or a hero you don't really know but he actually turns mm. out to be a kind of a something and nothing character but yeah with officer mooney just being pretty fucking harsh to a guy just crossing the road and drinking a beer um yeah it's 
it's a bizarre one. And I never really, I mean, you're not supposed to take to him as a character, but I never really understood the character. Nor did um, I. Um, I think it was one of those, they kind of set him up early on that he was going to, um, whether he was supposed to have some big epiphany or whether you know, he was you know, supposed to save the day or what. They set it up quite well, you know, that, you know he's this misanthrop, misanthropic old fucker. Um, and you think, oh, well, he's, he's going he's gonna, to you know, be converted by the end of it. He's going to be, you know, he's going to actually be a decent person, just fed up with all the students wrecking the town or else. And it just fucking doesn't go anywhere. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just like, it's, well, you think, well, I was I kind of invested in that. I was waiting for something to happen and it never really did. Yeah, he's he's the mayor from Jaws, essentially, isn't he? Yes. He is. He is an antagonist um, with a human face because the clowns obviously aren't and, and don't speak English um, or or any it's, human language. Yeah, um, they sort of mimic, don't they? Um, yes. Sometimes, but yeah. So so he's he's there um, purely to drive to drive the plot forward as an antagonist and to insist that the clowns don't exist and you know yeah. things like that. Um, and, and go on about those stupid kids and what have you. But yeah, there's something about his character. And, and I think it's probably the worst thing in the film for me. There is something about his character that just doesn't click for me. Um, but look, every criticism that we level at this film, mm. and I got to be fair, I don't, there aren't many, I've got my usual notes, but they're, they're more glowing than normal. Mm. Um, every criticism we level at this film and, and and this is the beautiful thing about it, it is done so with tongue in cheek because so's the film. It's called Killer Clowns from Outer Space with a K for yeah. fuck's sake. Like it it wears that title like armor. Seriously, yeah. You you can't. You know what you're letting yourself in for as soon as you press play on this well, motherfucker. So well, you can't. Uh, I mean, not only that. I mean, it was it was originally titled um, Killer Clowns, and the studio. Um, but the distributor said, no, you can't do that because people will think it's like a general slasher flick. So you need to you know, up on, put it up on Front Street what, what it is that people are going to get because otherwise we're going to get complaints and people aren't going to take to it. So I mean, I, I say it knows exactly what it is and it, it puts that right up front and centre. And yeah, it's, no, it, it's, it's not to its detriment. No, it's, it's not as if, you know, I mean, you said yourself, well, you, you probably turned your nose a bit because of the name. But a lot of people just go, oh, fucking hell, yeah, happy with that. And it does what it says on the tin. You get psychotic clowns who start killing people. The me- method of killing people is a bit iffy. And again, we'll get to that later on. But yeah, it's um, it's 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 Ronsi that does what it says on the tin. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the method of their killing is is definitely something I've got a lot of notes on. So we'll get into that. Um, we may come at it from different angles, maybe. But um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the various methods. In fact, but yeah, to begin with, we get this guy drinking a beer that leads us up then to the top of the world, as they call it, the, the yeah. make-out point, um, where we're introduced to our leads, Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone. Yeah, now what uh, the fuck idiot named those? It, I, I mean, I, I've got to be fair. Um, coming coming from me, who, like, literally, I am the worst person at naming characters. Like, all of my characters are constantly called stupid things, like Bob, Fred, Tony, Ricky, John. You know, like... <laughs> I have zero uh, creativity when it comes to naming characters. I, I just, I can't bring myself to spend that much time on a name when I could be creating an actual character. So maybe this was the same thing. I get the feeling, and certainly, you know, as we go through the film, I think they just had so much fun with the premise 
that these names were probably originally put in as placeholders, and well, then I mean, certainly with the, with the, the the main two with Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone, I don't think their their surnames were actually ever mentioned. Uh, no, they're just in the credits. Yeah, so because the first time I spotted it was in the credits, and there's a there's a huge fucking gaff in the credits as well with one of the characters' names. Um, but yeah, when when I saw that, I thought, oh, his surname was Tobacco. Okay, right. Well, why the fuck was that then? Motherfucker didn't even smoke. It's not as no. if, if they've gone, oh, well, we'll because we never we never reference it anyway, so we'll just put it in the credits. You've notice If he's constantly smoking like a fucking chimney and we call him tobacco, it's a bit of fun. And she's stoned because might, might, it might not just be tobacco, you might be getting stoned. That could, no. And you could see them play, having a bit of a play with it and have a bit of fun with it because it's never referenced. And then, well, fucking hell, what? You've, you've either, they've either missed an opportunity or just gone, right, we need, to, we need a surname, right? What's on the desk? Right, smokes, that'll do. No, we can't call him smokes, we'll call him tobacco. And what else can I see out the window? Oh, a rock. Debbie Rock now, right. Oh, stone. That'll do, yeah. And it's like, oh, um, there's a skit in Early Family Guy where Stephen King is pitching a book, but he hasn't got anything to pitch. He pitches a lamp monster because there's a lamp on his desk. And it, you kind of get the impression. So it's not it's not that important to them. So they've just gone, oh, fuck it. We need something. We'll just see what we can see. Yeah, and I, I fully relate. So, yes, I agree. <laughs> the names are terrible, um, but I can fucking talk. So... <laughs> Uh, and then uh, shortly after we're introduced to the Terenzi brothers um, and, and again, like this, this film wears its heart on its sleeve, the, the innuendo coming out of them as they drive the, the yes. ice cream van up. Uh, will you, what is it? Something like you give it the stick, you give it a lick, something like we give you a stick, you give it a lick, something like yeah, that. Something is, like that isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. It is just pure filth coming out of there. Um, and then we'll come on to this when we get to the end, but their arc is probably the tightest and best in the whole film, and it's yeah. set up beautifully immediately. All they want to do is get laid. Yes. Um, they're trying to do all, so. Yeah, they're trying to do so um, in, in the back of the ice cream van here unsuccessfully. But, um, yeah, we, we instantly understand them as characters. Yes. Uh, and then you know we get um, we get to spend a bit of time at a makeout point, I guess. With you know, it's it's got all the ingredients at this point now. You know, we get teens making out, we get a mysterious comet flying overhead. Yeah. Then that's investigated by a redneck with a dog. You know, all of the just classic B movie tropes. It's like yes. they've got a checklist, and it's just yeah. yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so far, so fifties B movie. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the farmer goes to investigate it and he finds a big circus tent, of course, the dog gets it immediately. Yeah. Mind you, normally the dog would die a little bit later, I think. Yes. Um, but as soon as the dog gets it, we just go so far off book that it's like they threw the book in the bin, lit it on fire. Tipped it's kind it of out, like they pulled all the pages out and then went, right, which one comes next? Yeah, yeah, fuck it, yeah, that'll do. Ah, oh, fuck it, yeah, that'll do. And just kept sort of throwing it together in whatever order they felt like it. And God bless them for it, yes. because I've not seen anything of this like since, to be honest. Like, they they just literally threw, they, they set all the tropes up, so you, you kind of knew what sort of film you were getting, and then just threw them in the bin and went, yeah, but actually, this is a crazy-ass flick about yeah. killer fucking clowns. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> we we get this performance from this farmer as well who yeah. i can't help but think i've seen some i've seen him somewhere else but i've never been able to work out where no i'm trying to work that out now because um it's to, to me he looked a bit like um 
uh, fucking Kelso from Scrubs, but uh, the younger version of him. I can't remember the actor's name. He yeah. looked, he looked, he looked like he looks, but obviously there's twenty years between this and Scrubs, or thirty years between this and Scrubs, possibly. So no, must be twenty. So um, yeah, it can't be him because he would be far too old to then be the old man in Scrubs. But yeah, he had the same sort of same face. He wore the same expressions. He blew his eyes out the same sort of way where he's on when he's enunciating certain words. He really sort of bulged the eyes out a bit. Um, and yeah, and he, he was just funny as all hell. Um, because again, knowing full well that you do have these you know, redneck tropes whereby they say certain things which nobody in their right fucking mind says ever, but they throw them in, you no know, dag nabbit and gosh darn it and all this sort of stuff and think, well, fucking hell, they they are going all out for it. But then, oh yeah, yeah, then you get them the uh, the, uh, the 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 um, the clown comes up behind him and turns him into fucking candy floss. Which yeah. yeah, but I mean before all that, like yeah, the the performance of the redneck tropes is is like i mean it's it's offensive to rednecks i suppose but it's he's pitching for the stalls and gets away with it yes exactly but it's it's his delivery of after the dog gets it, it it's his delivery of i'll tear this place apart with my bare hands and it he just it's some fucking prime charlton heston over it, it is i mean it's, especially after he's just punched it and it's, no it's, it's it looks like a tent bro it's solid and he punches it and it almost breaks his hand and then he then he gushes the line he's going to tear it down with his bare hands so hang on are you going to do that just as well yeah he had just as well being planet of the apes at that point honestly yeah. like his he is he isn't just pitching for the stalls like he's knocking that into outer space um and it just works for this film it works um you know in in a film that was taking itself completely seriously yeah we would pull it apart for this um but this film i mean it it commits to its premise wholeheartedly but they really have fun with it at every turn and so you you get away with this um it, it absolutely works and then yeah as you say we get our first look at the clowns and just god i fucking love them they just look fantastic still to this day yeah. Um, everything about them, the creature design, the performance, the way they walk, the puppetry, they they are just wonderful. They're actually, mm. and we talked um, back a few months ago now when we did uh, Ernest's Kid Stupid yes. about how a lot of the, the trolls in that uh, looked like killer clowns. And I did a bit of research and found out they were actually recycled masks from, yes, from were, this. Yeah. And you can clearly see it, but they still look fantastic in that when they've been altered. Um, and and it's credit to how good those masks are that instead of redesigning things for that film, they just went, yeah, do you know what? The, the clown masks are great, though. Let's just spray them darker colors yeah. because they are. They, they're wonderful. Um, and the clowns themselves, you know, they are. They're not just an army of clowns like you would get an army of critters. They are more like gremlins where each one has their own personality. You know, yes. there's Shorty, who's the tiny little one with a boxing glove, and then you get the big tall one, then you get the big fat one that does the pizza deliveries, and right at the end you get Clownzilla. You know, they, they've they all got their own personality and their own, their own little quirks. Yeah. Um, they're characters in their own right, and I, I just, I fucking love them. And, and this film wouldn't work if they weren't as good as they are. But like no. I said, they, they fully commit to this central premise here. Like that two million or just shy of two million, a huge chunk of that has gone into these clowns. Yes. Today, they'd probably be CG. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. Thankfully. It'd be, ch- it'd be cheaper, it'd be quicker, and they'd go, fuck it, yeah, we'll do that. And they wouldn't look as good. And they'd have um, no personality. Yeah, if anything, they'd try and make them hyper-realistic. So they'd try and make all the creases and all the, the, um, 
so the the frown lines and trying to make the fangs they're trying to make them hyper realistic to a point of being scary and that's not the point of of the clowns in this film they it's supposed to be like a, it's supposed to be an understated terror wherever you look at them and think it's funny until yeah. they fucking don't turn your brain into mush or rip your heart out or whatever but you know, that's the whole thing of it if if you went no if you went trying to trying to produce something that even you would have had in in the, the mid 2000s where you're looking at things like Jeepers Creepers where they did they made that fucking giant moth creature thing because they went out of their way to try and make it lifelike effectively or no as realistic as you could make something like that it didn't it doesn't have the same effect and it would have ruined this film I think and I think that the budget no, would have played part of it as well but they written no, on the the clowns no, they are the essence of the film with no I know they're the, the titular characters anyway but if you had scary ass clowns this film would not work no, no, it treads the comedy, horror, sci-fi line very, very well. Um, it, it knows exactly how much of each of those genres it needs to be. And and you're dead right. I, like, I think in terms of rating now, even I think it's only a 12, um, certainly in the UK anyway. It, it, I don't know what that what it is across the pond, but I'm pretty sure it's just That'd a 12. It would be a PG-13, wouldn't it? It would be a PG-13, yeah. So, it, you know, but the horror, when it comes... It doesn't come from the look of the crowns themselves, but the horror is very well directed and actually works very well. There are some genuinely tense and scary sequences in here, but they're interspersed with just absolute lunacy. That that's yes. the only word for it. Just just lunacy. Um so so yeah, that's our kind of first introduction to them. And then of course Mike and Debbie sort of stumble on the spaceship themselves. And yeah. I hit my first real problem with the film. But again, being that it's so ridiculous, I just shrug it off. Um, Mike is sort of running through the spaceship without questioning the fact that this tent is all, once you go inside it, it's a mass of corridors and pipes and looks yeah. nothing like a big top. Yeah. Um, but he seems to know the exact door release sequence to press yes, on the I button. I think that. The other thing that did catch me, he's a Chris Pine looking motherfucker as well. Ah, uh, maybe that's why he looks. I mean, I mean, I know I don't recognize him, but yeah, he had a look about him. It bugged me for fucking ages, um, and I couldn't work it out. I could not work out who it was. He reminded me. I knew he wasn't anybody. Um, I knew he wasn't anybody that I knew, but I, I, it's ringing a bell. It's ringing a bell, and then I was flicking through um, my um, my uh, iTunes library uh, this morning, looking at something else, and I came across Wonder Woman. I was like, oh fucking hell. And I, I don't know if it's the shape of his face or just the, what it, what it is, but he, I can't unsee Chris Pine now. Yeah, I can I can see that myself. Um, I, I can see it. Um, he's actually for the for the level of film they're in. You know, I don't think any of the performances are particularly bad. Um, no. Dave is a little bit wooden to begin with, but you warm to him quite quickly. Yes. Um, as a hero, you do warm to him quite quickly. So mm. again, I can't. Yes, they wouldn't pass muster in in something, you know, on a more ambitious scale. But this knows what it is, like I said, yeah. and and even things like <laughs> him entering the door code here, it's the type of thing we'd normally jump all over. Yeah. But you just go, ah, whatever. Like, <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous, but fucking hell, there are killer clowns turning well, people into candy floss. Yeah, like, exactly. Um... Yeah, and the other thing that made me laugh with this is that the um, so the, the, he knows the door codes and he opens up and they go into this big sort of presumably some part of the engine or something that powers the ship. So you've got this great big fucking ball that's giving off. I know it doesn't electrics. fit, does it? It doesn't. But then on top of that, so is it some sort of nuclear reactor? And I'm saying, 
it's it's kind of again it's of its time where you know, nuclear power was a huge thing because we had nuclear we'd had atomic weapons and we'd had no we'd had uh, nuclear weapons and the Cold War was rapidly coming to an end and nuclear weapons were a thing so nuclear power was was a thing and people were were fucking terrified of in the late eighties especially mm-hmm. after Chernobyl um, so yeah the, the, just throwing that in again it's, you know, it's just like all oh, right okay well what part of that looks fucking nuclear to you so like seriously. Yeah. Besides the fact it's it's TARDIS like in the yeah. fact that it's there's no way such a gigantic room would fit inside that tent when you look at it from outside. No well, you, you think the, that, but then when you see it at the end, you see the shape of it when it's taking off, it fucking drills down. It does. It, yeah. So but I mean, yeah, it's, it's the old fucking Star Wars thing, isn't it? Where for, just for the fuck of it, you have a huge chasm in the middle yeah. of your spaceship. But you know what? Fucking We've talked on on our other show um, a couple of times on, on Game of Moans about how bad some of the maths are in that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you compare them to something like this. Um, this is so much better than Game of Thrones pulled off in terms of putting people in a clearly fake environment. Yeah. They pull it off so much better than Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. And this was done some 25 years prior and, and, and on a and, fraction and of the ten- budget. Yeah, so the, the, the total cost of this film was one-tenth of an episode. No, two-tenths yeah. of an episode of Game of Thrones so, in terms of budget. So, yeah, goes to show. Yeah. Um, although we do get some uh, equally shoddy exposition very yes. shortly. But, again, you go with it. It's killer clowns from outer space. But, yeah, um, <laughs> Debbie just throws this this line out of nowhere um, when they're, they're snooping around the um, the sort of room filled with candy floss cocoons. And they're questioning what's going on. She just straight out throws out the shooting star, Mike. We're inside it. I mean, that's a yeah. pretty big fucking jump. Yeah, that, that that's not a small logical step, is it? No, no. that that's, that is oh, a giant oh. leap. No, we 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 saw a shooting star, which by all rights, if it had if it had crashed to us, would be fucking thousands of miles away. To no, it it it's just over the hill. And oh, by the way, this tent that we're in is actually it. How the fuck do you get there? Yeah mental but again whatever okay so i think by this point in the film you've decided if this is for you or not yes very much so if you haven't and you were on the fence the second the popcorn gun is picked up yes that makes your mind up for me like that is just there's no other word that is inspired it's absolutely inspired there are all sorts of ways that these clowns could have attacked people we could even have just gone with the, the standard as you say slasher kitchen knife kind of yeah. thing we've already seen them use the candy floss gun um but the popcorn gun is inspired it's like this rapid fire machine gun or at least you think it is it turns out to be more like a shotgun in that it yeah. just you know scatters sort of scatter shots it but it looks like it's just gonna because it's got this crank handle on it as well it yeah. looks like it's just gonna be like an old style yeah. gatling gun now the only only thing that would have made the gag better for me was if we'd seen him put a bag in a bag of un, un, unpops corn in first and then when he's cranking it comes out as as pops would have been genius and of course we've already had the tease because you see the popcorn in the candy floss room as well yes, just popping exactly. around and you're like why is that there yeah um and as if that wasn't good enough like that and this seals the deal um the gun is expired enough but then you get the dialogue exchange of why popcorn because they're clowns that's why yeah obviously <laughs> I mean, duh i mean there it is 
Like, if at this point you're not in, just turn it off. It's not for no, you. If, if you're you're at this point looking for a horror film, then you know you've this this point should have been by far enough to you to decide that you've got it wrong. I mean, fucking hell, the, the dog being off was probably enough. I mean, that's that's where I was about to go next. Like, if if why popcorn because they're clowns, that's why it doesn't crease you. This definitely isn't for you. But then they fucking double down the the balloon dog tracker. Yes, yeah, that was yes. fucking amazing. I, 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 I was watching this at stupid o'clock last night, um, yeah. and I had um, just so I didn't have to go back downstairs and, and wake people up and make noise on the stairs. I brought a couple of beers up with me, and that was I had I literally had to stop the, the film because it was I was laughing from just coming out of my fucking nose because of that dog. It's it's just wonderful, and and this is the thing is as, as I alluded to earlier, this film just commits so wholeheartedly to its premise. Yeah. Like it, it's like they've literally sat down and gone right. What what do clowns do? What are all that you know? And there are brilliant ideas, absolutely brilliant ideas at every turn. Once you get over the hump of their alien clowns, like they just don't let things like logic stand mm. in the way. Their imagination just runs wild. Yeah, it's, it's kind of film. like I mean, um, obviously the kids are off school at the moment because of the whole no pandemic then um and the school is setting them work to do and number one had an assignment to do uh, last week which is about writing a, a story about going to the moon because they're doing space this term and so i said right well how are we going to get there and she was looking around i was thinking oh we're going to get a fucking rocket from somewhere and she looked under the desk and went oh well we get that bottle of diet coke and we'll stick some fins on it and we might use it as a rocket i said okay well fair enough no good imagination and then she's like well well so what, what we can get the fins from oh we'll cut up a cereal box and i said well, we haven't got any glue i said we'll use honey and just it's like it's, 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 and she was going through this process saying right that doesn't the logic doesn't matter we'll just fucking you know, go go do it as we go along and that's exactly what she did and you kind of get the impression that's what they did with this point they're like we know we've got a story we know this is how the narrative this is how the narrative is going to go this is how it's going to pan out what do we need to do to make it as fucking funny as we possibly can because we know we're not making a serious horror film we are making a comedy so we need to just basically show that we know what the fuck we're doing, and we need to spitball the craziest fucking shit we can do. Uh, like with Mooney later on, um, and his, uh, his his last scene. Um, you know, what is the fucking craziest thing we can do in the circumstance we're in? And there's yeah. loads, there's loads of the, the fucking shadow puppets and stuff like that. It's they just got it's like they've just sat down and gone, right, okay, tell me the fucking stupidest thing you can think of, and I'll beat it. Kind that, of like we do in the pub, yeah. to be honest. I was gonna say, yeah, it kind of sounds a little bit like um. <laughs> Way way back in the day when when we first started pitching ideas to each other, we had a whiteboard, and at one point there was just a competition to see who could write the most ludicrous shit on that whiteboard and make it work. And uh, that's murderous, kind... murderous birthday cake, wasn't that? Uh, yes, <laughs> and that's kind of what they're after here, and they just yeah. get away with it because it's utterly ludicrous and it needs to be like it gets more and more ridiculous as the film goes on but they wholeheartedly commit to it and they play it just straight enough yeah like everybody in the film manages to sell it just straight enough that they get away with it and of course you've got mooney at every turn to call bullshit on it um in fact you know when we get the next scene at the police station and and we we're first introduced to to Dave as well, it, it's Mooney that's that's the whole stick in the mud, and that is the film's title. You know, he says, "Well, killer clowns from outer space." Holy shit! Yeah, and there it is. You know, again, just the line is written tongue in cheek, but delivered straight by Mooney. Yeah. So they get away with it, you know. And and look, normally I cringe 
when any character mentions the title of a film in a screenplay. Yes. But again, it's killer clowns from outer space. They they just get away with it. They they yeah. get away with it. And I'm aware that I'm giving this film so many passes, but it just elicits. I I just I don't know how you can hate it. It just elicits this much love from me because it's so mental, and so well done. Um, yeah, I think that's fair though. I mean, we we talk we are we tend to go one of two ways. We're either overly harsh or we're not harsh enough. Yeah, um, and I think you're right. I think we we do end up giving passes to things sometimes just because they're what they are. Um, we did it. Um, a while back, I can't remember which film it was, but we did it a while back, and I remember saying a, while, a couple of times, "It gets a pass because of this. It gets a pass because of that." But the thing is, you go into these you go into these films, and like when we we did Phantom Menace, for example, and that's largely recognised and, and held as being quite shit. And you think, mm-hmm. well, we we'll give this bit of pass because it's Star Wars. We give this bit of pass because of this. This bit of pass because of that. And you kind of build them in, and it's kind of you're justifying things because of what the film is. In this case, you give it a pass because it's it's knowing. Yes. And it's, it's done these things intentionally. It's not a case of they've done it and fucked it up. And now we're going, wow, well, yeah, that's rubbish and that's fucking awful. They've done it intentionally to drag you out. And I think um, when we were talking about rubber was the prime, prime example where it's Perfect all, done, it's all yeah. done so fucking knowingly, whereby if you don't get it, you don't get it. And I mean, from, I mean, we talked we talk about the time with rubber. I think I need two or three watches to really fucking get into it. Uh, because the first time you watch it, I mean, especially, I mean, as you said, we we do we consume so much content for the four shows we do, um, plus some job, family, life, etc. Sometimes you just kind of got to kind of multitask, and I'm I'm sort of sitting there watching stuff while I'm working at the computer, and go, oh yeah, fine. And Rubber was one of those where I'm sitting there going, all right, okay, fucking killer tire, fantastic. Didn't really give it the t- didn't really give it the credit it deserved. Then the second time I watched it, oh right, okay. And the third time you reason, oh fuck, right, okay, I get it. This it this doesn't need to be that. This just as you said, it wears its heart on its sleeve. You know exactly where it's coming from from the title, and if you mm-hmm. go in expecting anything else, you know you're going to be disappointed. So because you've come into it going right, okay, well it's fucking killer clowns from outer space. Of course it's not going to be fucking Ben Hur. Yeah, you know, I'm not expecting Citizen Kane or fucking Schindler's List or anything like that. I'm expecting killer clowns from fucking outer space, and that's what you get. And so you you do end up giving it a pass just because it is what it is, and it's not trying to be anything else. No. It's it's utterly charming, if you ask yes. me. Um, it is, especially the clowns. Actually, I love the clowns more than actual clowns, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're fucking incredible. Um, so so yeah, there's that. It gets it does. I, I think you're right. It gets a pass for those reasons. Whereas Phantom Menace is is trying to be so earnest that they can't pull this shit off. Whereas yes. here, everything is so lightweight and so throwaway, but yet you can see the work's gone in behind the scenes. It is very clear. Like I said at the start, this is a labor of love for everybody involved. Everybody yeah. completely believes in this film because you couldn't be in it otherwise. No, it's as I, simple as that. And not only that, I mean, you look at the, um, the credits as well. I mean, we've talked about this before, and, and so we had the same with our film is that, okay, this is no, this has got a reasonable budget for the type of film it is, just shy of $2 million. It's a small fucking movie, and you look at the credits, and there aren't that many people on there. No. And like I said, are, it's the Chiodos are, you know, produced it, wrote it, directed yeah. it. And even the when you start tune, going through the theme tune, you know, yeah, like, that's, it. That's, a, that's a reference now. Fucking hell. Yeah, um, it was a poll, that wasn't it? I yeah. don't know where that came from. It just popped in no, my head. No, neither do I. Uh, I took me a second to realize where it was from. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those that you think, well, those are the films under you look at fucking, you know, you look at your Avengers movies and your Star Wars movies and all that sort of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love those movies and I always will. And 
for people to say whatever they want about them, that's fine. And as we do on the show and other shows, we all have our opinions. But when the fucking tra- the credits at the end take ten minutes, yeah, you think right, okay, how many of those fuckers just were on a paycheck? You get a movie that's ninety minutes long, more or less, and you've got fucking fifteen people in the credits. And the same guy is the, the same guy has been a grip, has been a set designer, has been a fucking runner, has been a, a whatever, because they haven't got the people, they haven't got the money. But these fuckers believed in it, and these guys wanted to do the project. That, no, these, these are the ones you know that have meant something to people. Yeah, definitely. It, it, they have wholeheartedly committed. Um, and yeah, the running time, incidentally, um, I've just got it in front of me now, 88 minutes. Yeah, which so is again, bang on. The perfect length for a movie. Um, so, like, moving on, we get into the first kind of killing montage, if you like. There, there are a number of montages of clowns just dicking yes. around, killing people. They're always well. great. Um, the only one about the only thing in this montage, there is a, a line delivery where we get um, we get a woman answering the door in a negligee because uh, it's the eighties and it's a horror film, so it's yeah. got to be some sort of soft core nudity yeah. um, to find the clowns delivering pizza and her delivery of the line. Oh, pizza is single-handedly the worst thing <laughs> in the entire film, yes. and I cannot give it a pass for that. No. She's I, terrible. Yeah, and you get the impression it's some, somebody on the crew's girlfriend who wants to be an so. actress, and they've just said, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll 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 give you something to do. And if they'd stuck her up on fucking Top of the World and you know, just hooking up with a bloke, that'd have been fine, but she wanted a speaking part, so they gave her that, and then she went to work, work as a waitress for the next 20 years. I think so. It's either that or some production funding's come from somewhere and that's their daughter. And the condition wife. was. Yeah. Or that's just the best looking woman that they know. Um and they need somebody, you know, attractive. Um not to say that the rest of the female cast aren't, but maybe they weren't willing to parade around the negligee. I don't know. Maybe. Some but people have standards. She wasn't picked for her acting talent, that's for sure. Because who, in their right mind, is not excited to see pizza? Well, yeah, exactly. If nothing else, you'd be overjoyed at the fact there's pizza at the door. Especially pizza you haven't ordered and clearly haven't fucking paid for. Delivered by a fucking clown. Whether you like clowns or not, that's not something you see every day in San Paul. Yeah, happy fucking birthday. Yes, exactly. Um, Now, you know, as a complete juxtaposition to that, the chemist is just fucking fantastic. Yes. Um, His facial expression, and the shot is repeated numerous times. It's clearly a repeated shot, but he's so good in it. That it, I mean, his facial expression again, he's pitching to the stalls. Oh, yeah, but he absolutely gets away with it because there are two fucking demonic killer clowns wandering around trashing his shop. Well, yeah, uh, that's it. And then, I mean, we don't we don't see it, but then obviously, as, as they start moving around the shop and you see the carnage again, there's fucking people that are just you know, dead and, in, and cocooned in candy floss, which yeah. obviously the, the pharmacist has seen and we haven't. And it's like, well, fucking hell. You know, we we don't know what sort of spree they're on. What I don't understand is why they took all the shit they wanted to the counter as if they were going to fucking pay yeah, for it. As if they were going to pay for it. Yeah, it's just funny. It's just a throw. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those. You look at it and go, yeah, that's a brilliant scene. Um, and it's, I it's, mean, you, you have to look at the stuff they're buying as well, though. Like, they're buying loads of shaving foam and things. Like, they're yeah. buying clown-related things. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting ready to make their cream pies and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's good. And then, you, you know, that's sort of... That's, Intercut with the with um, Mooney not answering the phones and um, basically telling him to fuck off because they're they're wasting his time. And the chemist, really, the pharmacist, rings him and says, "Oh, not you too, Mister Myers." Um, which yeah. again, nice, nice throwback to, to Halloween. Um, but again, oh no, 
how have these kids got the whole town involved? And say, like, fucking hell, mate. Are you, yeah. you really that oblivious to life? Apparently uh, so. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, that was quite uh, quite amusing. But yeah, th- this whole sequence, is this the bit where they're scooping them up in the car as well? Is that this sequence or is that later? Uh, no, that's this sequence as well, where, where the clown's on the um, on the fake bike, you mean? Is that the bit you mean? Where he's on like the invisible bike and rams the car off the road. Oh, yes, yeah, so you've got that. But then you've also got where they're going down Main Street and they're basically scooping up all the, all the things of um, Candy Floss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's this bit as well, because this is because um, Dave and Mike are on their way, aren't they, to go and check out the, uh, right. yeah, the tent. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, but then you've got my absolute favourite scene in the entire film. And again, like I was already in and you've not made it this far if you're not, no. you know, if you're not loving this film. But just it creases me every single time. It's wonderful. Uh, the scene with Shorty and the bikers is yeah. just superb. No, I like, remember when this first came on and I'd forgotten about the scene. I I'd remembered the end of it, but I'd forgotten the sort of build up to it. Um, and so he, he comes along, Shorty's there, and he comes along on his little fucking trike and, and, and little no, petrol lawnmower engine type thing, and you know, comes along. And I'm, I'm there thinking, I don't remember fucking bikers in this film. I do not remember fucking Hell's Angels and all that sort of stuff in this film. But maybe I've just no, forgotten it because it's been a while since I've seen it. And so he comes up and you get this scene. And again, fucking hilarious, especially no, where um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he comes out, smashes up Shorty's bike. And says, oh, I'm sorry, I appear to have broken your bike. Shorty jumps up, comes back down with his boxing gloves on, and he's like, what up, you dukes? What up, you dukes? And he's fucking, yeah. you know, little some shadow boxing type of thing. And then uh, the guy bends and says, what are you going to do? Knock my block off. Because, again, no, that's the fucking language that no, Hell's Angels use. And one uppercut, and his head just goes fucking flying. And, I again, it was another one of those. The beer was coming out my fucking nose. He's, he's wonderful. Shorty is my favourite clown. Yeah. None. I think he's amazing. Uh, the photograph I have actually is with Shorty. He's right. about to punch my... Uh, head off he's got his boxing gloves on um i've also got i've got a couple of shorty pins as well that i, I just wear at the right time of year on my lanyard to work um, <laughs> to to a lot of very odd stairs but yeah i love him absolutely my favorite clown and my favorite scene is just it's fucking hilarious and the bikers deserve everything they get because they're being dicks like yeah. shorty was just rocking up on his little trike i mean undoubtedly he would have killed them anyway well of course he would and, and this is it's kind of like they do it with um they do it with police academy as well where for no other reason than because they could but the bikers were immediately fucking vilified yeah. And they were just made into complete cut nuggets. And that's what happened here is that these bikers, you don't really feel anything for them because they were being dicks. And actually, it was fucking hilarious to see them get this. Yeah. Um, and then off the back of that, then, you know, that, that's very funny. But off the back of that, we get the first or what I would say is the first genuinely tense and scary scene in the film. And there are a couple, but we get this scene at the, like the, the burger place, the, the big yeah. top burger or whatever it's called. Yes. Um, and it's genuinely scary, like oh, the clown beckoning the kid. It is that is the right word. Well done, chilling. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was looking for. It's that kind of hairs on the back of your neck scene where, yeah. you know, the girl just wanders off and the clown's slowly beckoning her over. Yeah. Um, it's genuinely, genuinely scary, and it's way better than the title of the film suggests. Like it's yes. a really accomplished scene. Yeah, um, I mean, and, the way it's in, she's intercepted as well. So I mean, she. She's there, and they set it up nicely. You know, so they, you know, they put the food down. So there's your ketchup. Sit down, shut up, and don't fucking wander off. So you know straight away she's going to wander off. And then you see the clown outside, fucking, you know, beckoning her with a finger, all this sort of stuff. And you know full well she's got, she's fucking off. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, so, and you fully expect that she's going to get candy flossed. And then she's out the door and the mother or the sister or whoever is, what did I tell you? Go fucking sit down, bitch. Yeah. Not in those words, because she's a child. But no, it's like, and you, you, you feel, it's it's one of those, I, I, it's odd because I felt relieved, obviously, because you, know, you don't want the character to die. But at the same time, I felt really bad for the clown. He'd, he'd been cock blocked effectively. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it. there is that about this. And I think that's something that's true of all good creature features. Yeah. Of which there but, are elements of, of this and that as well. If yeah. if you find yourself at any point rooting for the creatures, for the villains, you know it's being done well. And there's yeah. definitely that to it. There is the part of you that is that is sorry to see the clowns bested. Gremlins is exactly the same. Yes. Um, and it, And it's because... They have so much character. You yeah. warm to them. Where you know they're, they're murderous psychopaths, but you can't help but warm to them because they're so well. They're just well designed and well performed. They they're characters in their own right. Um, the the only issue I have with them, and it's actually a, a big narrative issue for for the film, and the main narrative issue for the film, and my main problem with this film. They do address it towards the end and make a gag out of it. But the simple fact is we never really understand what the clowns actually want. No. But, you know, they kill our clowns from outer space. So, yeah, and I, I think is it's, that it's important. one of those. <laughs> I, mean, I, d- I don't think the film suffers for it, though. I mean, sometimes no, it doesn't. No. sometimes motivation is important. And you especially get, I mean, the way you've gone into fucking horror franchises and stuff, the more the more installments you get, the more they try and retcon a, ba- a backstory to make the to make the psycho even more fucking psychotic. Um, and I don't think you need it. And I, I think if you tried, if you tried to make this about actually clowns are trying to take over the world or clowns are coming because they're fucking starving and they want to eat people in candy floss. If you tried to put that into it, it loses some of the, some of the appeal and some of the effect. Whereas if you just say, look, they're fucking killer clowns and they're turning people into candy floss and they're killing them. That's enough. And I, I think, think if you right. get any more than that kind of cheapens it or softens I- it, I would say. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think there is just the, the screenwriter in me that's going, but what do they want? I mean, there's, yeah. there's that arsehole film school kid again, just going, yes, but what is their motivation? Um, and you're right. Actually, it doesn't matter. And what what we lack from the clowns, we get in the other characters. You know, yes. the, for instance, the, the, the triangle between uh, Mike and and Dave and, um, and, Debbie. and Debbie is, is great, you know, and the tension, especially between Mike it and is. Dave, like, like in the next, it's really well done. Yeah. I like, did have, I did have a problem with that though. Dave is very, considering he's an ex, but he's very fucking handsy. He is. Yeah. Um, he, I originally, like I said, and, and his promise doesn't help. I, I took an instant dislike to him as a character, but as the film goes on, you do warm to him. He, he, he definitely does grow on you. Yeah. Um, but yes, he is, he is quite handsy and he is quite possessive, but that's kind of what makes it work is, is he's clearly not over Derry. And um, I think, I think that's fine. I think the problem is that's not really explored. I mean, Mike is kind of accepting of the fact that no, he's no, he's, he's, he's out with this girl and he's nearly died. And some other bloke's got his hands all over it. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know what? He's a good guy. I don't really give a fuck. No, well, not being funny. If it was me, I'd be ready to scratch his fucking eyes out. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, but then again, I think killer clowns from outer space. So, yeah. <laughs> how, um, how much do you really want from it? You know? Well, yeah, that, that's, that, but that's, that's what I mean. I think you don't need the huge fucking setup and the huge backstory and the huge angst and all the rest of it because it's fucking killer clowns from outer space. And 
there's a very real threat, which is a small town is being terrorized by murderous killer clowns from outer space who are intent on eating people uh, or drinking people, as we'll get to in a bit. Um, so that has to take precedence over the fact that your girl ain't really your girl. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think it, it's just more that it, it gives them both clear motivation as well. Um, mm. It does very little for Debbie's character, other yes. than make her a damsel in distress. Yeah. But it gives both of those guys um, a, a reason besides the fact of self-preservation yeah like i mean it, it does but again they don't really act on it it's not they don't there are very few occasions where they actually act entirely out of you know, devotion to her and you know, a desire to keep her safe a lot of it is kind of well this is happening so we need to react and oh by the way yeah. now now that's finished we now can think about her again so but again i don't think i don't think it detracts too much it's just one of those it's Again, we're not used to we're not used to seeing that sort of thing, and it's it's one of those you kind of end up thinking, well, hang on, if she's with him, why is she why is she fucking hugging him, and why is she doing this, and is there a bigger story they just kind of ignored or just gone, oh, you know what, fuck it, clowns. It's definitely the weak point, and it is the only I think serious criticism that I can level at the film is that there are, yeah, there are some story gaps, but. It's 88 minutes long and it's about killer clowns. Yeah. And if we're honest, 90% of the audience are not going to give a flying fuck. No, that's right. No, it's, uh, I mean, the majority of people will be watching it looking for either a serious fucking horror film or looking for a, a completely non serious horror film. So I don't think many people are going to give a fuck. No, no. So, yeah, so there's that. I, I like the tension. Um, I think it, it does add something. Um, it's just not fully explored. Then, then we're back with Mooney, who... Mooney is the worst fucking cop in yes. history. Yes. He's literally picking the phone up. This is where he picks the phone up to the chemist, actually, I think, in this. He's literally yes. picking the phone up and just essentially telling people to fuck off, he can't be bothered, and then drinking. Well, yeah. And it's, he's, it's one he's of the, so you get it's the, He answers the first one. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, killer clowns, yeah, fantastic. They're, they're where... And again, the caller didn't help because the caller didn't say where she was calling from. She just wanted somebody to come and help immediately. Um, so he's he's on thing. Well, yeah, the whole fucking town tonight. It's going to be one of those nights. Fuck you all. And he pulls out the biggest fucking cigar I've seen in a film for a long time. Yeah. And he's just there fucking chewing the end of it. And you're thinking, right, okay, well he's going to be a cunt. Then. Um, and yeah, he then proceeds to ignore two lines for uh, two phones worth of you know, multiple lines coming in with with people calling in chaos. And sits there having a fucking smoke. And he's awful. Thinking, he is. And at some point, I mean, yes, he's been set up to be a twat. And we know he's going to get his, his, his come up. And we, no, we know he's going to get his. But it, even if you were the laziest, most fucking inept, ineffective cop in the world, or any profession, if you have two switchboards lighting up with calls, you'll just fucking sit there and ignore them all if they're all saying the same thing. If everyone's talking about clowns, you think, well, okay, well, maybe something's going on. You know, maybe like we had a couple of years ago with people fucking you know, terrorising uh, houses, you know, just standing on porches dressed as fucking it and stuff like that. Maybe even if it's just something like that, you think, right, okay, I can't ignore fucking 15 phone calls, which are constantly ringing off the hook. I've got to do something about it because, A, that's my job, and B, I'm a fucking person, allegedly. You know, it's, yeah, just, as a character, he doesn't ring true. And it's just, you, again, you wonder kind of how much he actually adds. Yeah, as I say, he's very much just the to be an antagonist i think yeah um he doesn't serve much of a purpose because we already have the clowns as an antagonist he's well, exactly. that human face on it um so yeah he's, he's the worst cop in history but then we, we're into another 
well, it's a creepy segment, really, because it's a, it's a bit of a collection of scenes, but we get the payoff to the popcorn. Yes. And it's executed perfectly, like from, from the slow build of it just crawling along yeah. the bathroom floor, which is very good, yeah. to seeing a whole bunch of it just thrown in a dumpster. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's very accomplished stuff. They clean it up. And then you get the rule of threes on opening the dumpster as well. Yeah. First, first bag goes in, it's fine. Second bag goes in, oh, no, it's fine. He opens it for the third bag and he gets dragged in. He gets dragged it's, in, yeah. It's very, very well done. Yeah. And then, of course, we cut back to, to Debbie in the bathroom and we get to finally see the popcorn clowns. Yes. Um, and again, done in three. So you get the ones in the hamper, the ones in the medicine yeah. cabinet, and the one out the toilet. And the the main clowns are are great. As I've said, the popcorn clowns blow my fucking mind. I think they are superb. Yeah. Like they they look genuinely terrifying. They're excellent. Just thoroughly, thoroughly excellent. They they, they look genuinely terrifying, but they're just the right side of kind of mischievous as well. They they kind yes. of they're laughing and stuff, and they look a bit like a jack in the box great they're absolutely great i love them um and then of course just before that we, we get the payoff with um with mooney at the police station when when dave yeah. returns to find him made into a ventriloquist dummy because he's tried to lock a clown up yes um, you know that's a good sequence as well there's a little bit of cat and yeah. mouse with him trying to put the cuffs on the clown and not believe in him and and what have you that's all good then you get the payoff with dave and the ventriloquist scene is genuinely fucking creepy Yes. Um, I guess it depends how you feel about dummies, but I personally am not a big fan. No, they give me the wig. They really give me the wigs. Yep, yep. I probably don't mind Muppets, but ventriloquist dummies, I think, are freaky as all fuck. Yep. And again, good pull. Um, But once that happens, you get the final sort of uh, revelation, then, I guess, that of course, if you want to kill them, you destroy the nose. Yeah, obviously. Of course you do. Now, again, this is the bit I don't understand, right? You destroy the nose. It turns into a fucking flashing whirly top, turns green, and then explodes. Why not? Yeah. So like, I think, well, no, you could probably take like, no, 50 quid off your budget by not doing that. But they explode into a shower of confetti as well. Yeah. Which... Um, but yeah, no, again, brilliant, brilliant sequence. I mean, I love the whole Vitrocus dummy bit as well. But um, yeah, brilliant sequence. And you no, know, it's again sets up the fa- then the fact that he's going for the nose. Now, whether you can punch him on the nose and shatter it, I don't know, because nobody ever fucking tries that. Um, instead, no, I mean, Dave wastes fucking countless rounds later on trying to shoot things in the face uh yeah we'll get on to that <laughs> when we get there yeah uh, he's a worse shot than a fucking stormtrooper oh uh, it's, 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 that's like his audition tape yeah it's rough it's rough that bit um but yeah like of course you shoot the nose again it's just one of those brilliant ideas how'd you kill him you shoot the nose like yeah. you, you know the, the logical the okay. logical okay. thing would be you behead it or you go for the heart yeah, or you go for the brain but no. that's, and again, if we, you know, we use uh, Mooney as the uh, the mayor from Jaws analogy, what, do you, what allegedly what you do with a shark, you punch it in the nose. Yeah. That's not actually true. You stick your finger in its nostril and it sort of freaks it out and dis- discombobulates it, but for like a second before it rips your fucking arm off. But yeah, again, why not punch it in the nose? Yeah, um, genius. Yeah, brilliant. We get a chaotic double speed chase sequence, like a just classic double speed chase sequence because mm. of course we do because it's a low budget film yeah um wouldn't be one without a, a speeded up chase um and then we get probably my favorite gag um it's you know we, we're sort of on our way to to the end very rapidly now as i say yes. there's, there's not much story and it's it's 88 minutes so everybody's 
you know they go to they go and grab debbie and or, or actually i think it's the i think they meet back up with the brothers first don't they yeah and then they're off um and yeah, we get the clown yeah because the, yeah, the clowns kidnap debbie don't they and they're, they're yes. chasing after them because my favorite my favorite gag is a visual gag so she um she goes to leave the house by the front door and one of the clowns is there so she goes for a window and they're all outside the window with a fucking um neck like you get in the circus for you to jump out for high off a high dive onto yes and they're all there with a the fireman's hat and shit. i thought that was fucking hilarious it yet yeah, it's not the gag i was going to get to but yeah it is hilarious actually before we get to the gag i was i was going to mention about we we bypassed the shadow puppet sequence which yes is, we have fucking genius again genius yeah absolutely yeah, it comes at the end of the the montage the first montage doesn't it whereby yeah. mike and um, dave are back in town having gone up to uh to not find the the big top and um the club is there doing fucking shadow puppets of a bunny and all the rest of it. And there's some you know, some fairly sceptical looking younger people and some old people who are delighted by it because it's some charming and old fashioned all that sort of shit. And then it turns into a T-Rex and the fucking shadow eats them all. Fucking brilliant. Excellent. Absolutely amazing. Excellent stuff. But again, but no, Mike, you, no, where, how do you need, how fucking off your head do you need to come up with that? Yeah. What's the fucking stupidest thing we think of? Well, what if a shadow puppet turned into a T-Rex and ate a bus, a, a bus stop full of people? Why not? It's great, yeah. but then you know, you you kind of by this point you're just kind of accepting the fact that these are clowns, and yeah. and I feel like you've almost been lulled into a, a kind of a false sense of security with it that you know what they are now, you know you destroy the nose, but then yeah we get the chase sequence yeah. where they're chasing after the clown car, and the absolute best gag is when the clown car arrives at the amusement park, mm. <laughs> the guard is there trying to stop them and you get about 10 clowns yes. one by one pile out of the car. And of yeah. course they do. Of yeah. course they, they do. Could, but again, they could not, could they? You know, when you're watching them in the car, you don't even think about it, do you? Until it pulls out, the first clown gets out, and then you go, oh, I know what they're going to do here. And it's just, it kills me. It kills me yeah. every time. Utter, yeah. utter genius. Yeah, and again, to show I mean, how, how well they're thinking about these sequences, I mean, the guard that they, uh, the guard they come across... Um, they wanted so they tried to cast Soupy Sales. Yeah. Um and obviously you know a lot of his early stuff in Kids TV was being smacked in the face with a pie. So again, they tried again. The reason they didn't in the end was the cost. And they couldn't justify the expense of his um, of his um, his airfare uh, to get in there to do it. Because again, that would be fucking hilarious if you know Soupy Sales is. Um but again, it's that sort of thing where they, they know exactly what they're fucking doing. And every inch of this is thought out. Totally, totally. I mean, there is another narrative gap here for me in that all of a sudden they're at an amusement park, which of course they are. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, but why not be there in the first place? Yeah, because originally they landed in the woods and now yeah. they've moved. Now, wh why didn't they just go to the amusement park first as last? I don't yes. I don't get that. It just feels like all of this was just engineered for the finale. Um, yeah, but as that... I said, it would have been very easy for them to just sort of put it either in the amusement park or just out of town where you know, the amusement park is inside, anything like that. Just you know where you would actually fucking pitch a circus anyway, not in the middle of the bastard woods on a mountain. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you're right. It is. A, I mean, I've not really given it that much thought, but it's, it's definitely a gap. Yeah, it's a huge narrative gap. Um, my notes get quite scrawly at this point because, to be honest, I'm so engrossed in watching the film that, yeah. and I'm finding it difficult to find fault. But, I mean, one of the next things um, I've noted that I really love is, like, once we're into it and, and the guys are now going through the funhouse, yeah. as it were, um, the, the ship is, is now more or less a funhouse when they get inside it. Yes. There's just this throwaway dialogue exchange. Um. We're, and it's because uh, they're reunited with the Trenzi brothers. They um, they enlist them. 
And there's this throwaway dialogue exchange where they just throw out that maybe the clowns have visited Earth before and actually our whole idea, our, our cultural knowledge of clowns comes from the fact that they visit us before from another planet and they've always been aliens. And I just think that that is such a wonderful concept that is just thrown mm. out there and left. Like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, might um, be, might not be. Who cares? No, it's just a little... fair play. What yeah. a concept! I like, and, and they again, the temptation in a in a more accomplished film, if you like, in in air quotes, yeah, would have been to really explore that, but they don't. They just go like, oh, maybe it's this. You know, yeah. I'm fair play to which is that just feels like another idea that they spitballed, you know, and just decided that actually ah, it's not important. Like yeah. I was saying, you know, we don't know what they want. You know, it's the same thing in this same exchange. You then get, yeah, maybe it's that or maybe they just cruise into the galaxy and they stop for a bite to eat. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's plausible is the thing uh, in, in, in this world, in this of the, the universe is created. Um, I mean, the... There, there was talk of a sequel um, probably about 10 years ago, um, which was going to be called Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And again, there was so much scope there to, you know, to well, they've alluded to this. And, well, OK, well, maybe we can put something back into this. Maybe we can build on that for a sequel. Um, there's also been rumours of a TV show, um, which I don't know whether that'll ever materialise or not. I hope not, because it'll probably ruin it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, there's, so, there's so much they've done in this film. Um into an English, I mean, they've done very little with it. Um, but there's there are a lot of things, a lot of strands there they could pull at and actually get another film out of it. Um, as long as they avoided doing what Independence Day did and just you know, try to shit on fucking 20 years worth of heritage by going, oh, yeah, well, you know, yeah, we, we wanted to make a sequel. So we've just kind of you know, retconned this whole thing of that didn't happen in the original film and it works fine. Hey. Um, but yes, I mean, there's, there's a lot of scope there for it. Yeah, oh, def- I, I'd watch another one of these in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Actually, that, no, a million times before watching Independence Day 2 again. Uh, still haven't seen it. Don't really like Independence Day, so I've got no interest. Um, so, so, yeah, well, so, best, so we're having this... it's not in it. Well, yeah, that's one of my biggest problems with the first one. So, um, but that's, yeah, this isn't a shit on Will Smith podcast. So we'll, no, we'll move on. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll pick one of his fucking abortions up at some point. Um, it's hard to know which one to pick is the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah we will we'll think on that one um so yeah we, we go for this bit of a crawl through the fun house the guys end up back in the cocoon room um yeah. and, and we find out that actually the clowns are drinking blood from the cocoons um, yeah. that's that's the whole purpose so they are just cruising through the galaxy yeah looking for a so bite I, mean, I, I mean am i right to thinking that the cocoons kind of liquefy people and then they yeah just, that's that's that was one, one yeah. fucking hell of a bendy straw by the way yes well, of course, it's a bendy straw. But it was it was a good one as well. It was fucking yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, it's a bendy straw. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I get the impression that the idea is the cocoon kind of slowly breaks breaks them down to liquid. Yeah, because yeah, he goes around and shakes them, doesn't he? So I'm trying to see which one is more does, of which is so down and taps them. And then he just taps it like a fucking coconut and, and off he goes. Yeah, and it's also whenever you see the candy floss peel back, you can yeah. see that actually, you know, the faces have started to kind of uh, decompose. Yeah. Side. So, so yeah, that, that's definitely the idea. Um, and then the fucking bouncy ball balloon thing that Debbie is, is trapped in is clearly visible behind both guys in the background the whole yes. time. The point yeah. where you're going, come on, guys. 
seriously yeah. like even like i can't again that's another thing that i just can't give it a pass for i'm like guys turn and around seriously there were i mean when they were talking about it in the first place oh what, what color ball was she in yellow it's fucking behind you but yeah. then you do see in the background of other shots there are other balls yeah. so why not swap it with one else put, put a pink one there a white one there put the yellow one over on the far side at least give them something to do to fucking find it. Them and whether put, put her in a bit of peril. You know, whether they want us to be going, it's behind you, I don't know, but I can't help it. But then, as if that wasn't bad enough, in order to free her, Dave decides to shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. What? Like, look, he's got a badge with a pin on it. Yeah, but as he can't... We'll use, see later on. As say, you can't use that, because that'll give away the ending, because it's not like we want to seed anything. I know, but wouldn't it be better... Yeah, use the gun in the ending. <laughs> well, I, I like I like the ending. I like the use of the pin. But again, fucking see it here. He has yeah. a badge with a sharp pin on it. Duh. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I do I just do not understand why he has to shoot the ball. But no, absolutely not. Um, I mean, it's it it. I'll, I, to be fair, it's America, so no, kind of the first instinct is to go for a gun. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we get the scene then with the Terenzi's. Um. In a in a ball pit hot tub is the only way I can describe it, <laughs> which in itself is a genius idea. Yeah. Because they're clowns, so of course their hot tub is a ball pit. And then, as we said back at the start, the Trendy's whole arc, they want to get laid. Yeah. So here come like the clown hoes, I yeah. guess. It, they're like the trashy, vampy clowns. Yes. Uh that you know, they they played for this from from right Many back. Well. This was yeah. played for and got. What a genius payoff. Yes. I love it. Love it. Um, and then, you know, the guy's trying to escape and things are looking bad. The Terenzi's bust in and save them with their great Jojo speaker. Yeah. And it's revealed that, that you know, the, the girls have literally ravished them. The, the clothes are in tatters. They're covered in, in cuts. And, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, kind of piled onto this really well-engineered pyramid that just happens to be in the middle of the room to allow them to climb up on top of. Yeah. Slightly suspect. Um, yeah, but again, no. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it, it, I, it, it's, it's one of those, it doesn't matter. I mean, no, you see it in serious horror films where there, no, there are things like that that people do climb up and get themselves no, surrounded and all the rest of it. So it's not, if, if you're going for something that's taking the piss out of the tropes, why not go for that one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just when we think they're going to do it, they're going to get away, down comes Jojo the Clownzilla. Yes. Uh, it was actually one of the uh, Kyoto's uh, played uh, yeah. Jojo. I don't know which one. Again, Charles, I think it was. Just he is just fucking awesome. He yeah. is absolutely awesome. Um, from the way he comes down on the strings, like he's some sort of giant marionette. Yes. To the way that he eventually moves, I mean, he's just wonderful. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Um, kicks the van over. Terenzi's blow or throws the van. Terenzi's seemingly oh. go up in a ball of flame. Yeah. Um, Dave. Again, I know, I know, we can give it a pass for this, but all three of them could very clearly run through that open door. Yes, easily, easily. But Dave's going, no, 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 you go, I'll distract him. Uh, yeah. And again, it it just pays off that kind of um, that dynamic that we had between the three of them, that love triangle. Where Dave's going, no, it's okay, I'll let her go. You're clearly the right guy for her. You go and save her. You two live. Yeah, I had my chance and I blew it, so therefore I'll stay behind and be clown food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, in the it, original ending, by the way, he died. Okay. Um, 
I don't know if I prefer that or not. I don't think he uh, needs to die. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading it here. Um, in the film's original finale, Deputy Dave dies in the explosion of the clown ship. Uh, was changed after audience and test readings decided a more upbeat ending. So, yeah. I mean, it's, they, they did try it. Um, they did actually go on. No, it was because they wrote it and decided to change it. They actually shot the fucker um, and it didn't work. Which I, yeah. I think I agree with. I, think, I, I agree with it. I agree with it, I think. Um, I, I don't think it, we would gain anything by having him die. Uh, I think you get the payoff to that triangle with him telling him to go. Yes. Um, and of course, uses the pin badge. Yes. After he's expended all of his ammunition, firing yeah. like a fucking stormtrooper. Yes. Um, now, that'd be funny. Uh, you know, you're carrying a six shooter. You know you're going to run out of fucking bullets. Pick your shot a bit more carefully, you dumb fuck. Yeah, yeah. wait until you're in his grasp and then fire yeah. point blank at his nose. Yeah, I don't know you're funny. Let the fucker pick you up first. Get right in there. Yeah. But th- this is and this is the thing that I, was, I said earlier. There's a massive fucking blooper in the credits. On his badge, Hansen, his surname is spelled S-E-N. In the credits and everywhere else, it's spelled S-O-N. Ah. Can't even get your fucking character's name right. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't talk, speaking as somebody who is responsible for um, some prop shirts for our film with characters' names on the back, and I managed to completely <laughs> misspell them. And it's not like they're in giant letters or anything for everyone to see. So I understand how that happens. And uh, when you have a low yeah. budget, once it's gone to print, it's yeah. gone to print. You ain't doing it again. This so. is true. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that uh, it, it didn't bother me at the time because it was so close to the end. I remember sort of spotting it and spotting his name on it um, as he used it. And then when the credits came up, I was like, oh, hang on, that's not right. Um, but yeah, not a, it doesn't make a fucking blind bit of difference, but it just, you know, it's it's it's, it's me and my pedantry, so kind of gets mm. in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole, again, the thing with the nose and the, the pin badge, again, they could have seeded that with the with the, the balloon or the ball that she was in. But again, really nice touch. You get you know, the uh, the elaborate spinny death scene of the uh, of Clownzilla. Um, and yeah, and then you know, we see the um, we see the ship taking off just as all the fucking swap vehicles and all the rest of it are, uh, are arriving. But it makes me laugh. They're all driving towards this fucking thing, right? And it's all lit up and all the rest of it. It's not as if you wouldn't see it while you were driving straight towards it, unless you weren't looking out at the fucking windscreen, right? Yeah. So they all stop about 500 yards away. Mike and Debbie run up to the front of the first car, should get run over because the car hasn't stopped yet. And they all get out and immediately surround Mike and Debbie. Now, who, nobody is looking at the, where they fucking come from, where this bastard spaceship is. Yeah. Nobody has nobody spotted off. it. Yeah. I said, like, hang on a minute. It's a big fucking spinning, yeah, yellow spinning top. How can you not fucking see it? And then they all turn around and watch it explode and it turns into fireworks and shit. And yeah, great. I'm not, they, again, it's, it's one of those you're saying, I don't know whether that's deliberate or whether nobody saw to that and nobody's actually directed them to respond to it. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 it is a bit odd, but again, it's, it's a quick enough shot, and you're more concerned on actually at this point, where's Dave? Well, we I are, think but they get away with it. Again, internal logic, we are, but they wouldn't be. Yeah, no, they wouldn't be, but I mean, us as an audience, I don't think yeah. we, we question it too much for that reason. No, unless uh, you're you know, small minded pedants like me. Yeah, unless you're us, I guess. Um, but yeah, we're all thinking, where's Dave? And then, of course, the clown card drops out of the sky. Um, yes. Fine. They, I, I'll let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, logic makes no sense. But, you know, if you've got to question the logic on that, you really have to question the logic of the Terenzi's surviving by, of course, right. hiding in the freezer. They did it before Indy. I was going to say, good enough for Indiana Jones. Yeah. Or, or, you know, a good 30 years after, because now timeline and shit. But, yeah, it's good enough for Indiana Jones, it's good enough for the Terenzi's. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. They did it first, though. Or, as you say, 
I guess canonically second. Yeah. But but no, nobody would have known about that, would they? Nobody would have known about Indy. No. Um, um so so yeah, and, and then that is that is our end. It just very quickly wraps. Like yeah. Like and then you, I mean, I, I don't quite, I don't quite know where it comes from. I, I was sort of half paying attention this one because it was fucking late. Um, but you get the um, the three of them are there, and I say Dave emerges from the car, and Mike gives him no. At this point, I think Mike's going to go over and bend over for him. You know, he runs over, he gives him a fucking yeah. hug and all of a sudden, so, and all the while, fucking Dave's got his hands all over Debbie again, and he's fucking hugging her, and he's so. Um, Kissing the back of her head and shit, and thinking, hang on a minute, that's a bit fucking much. And then they look up and what's that? And then they all get pied like it's a massive fucking bird shit. And it, you get a freeze frame before it fades out. I mean, fucking joyous. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's one of those that that particular, that particular tech, no, tactic annoyed me. Didn't, we didn't need the freeze frame. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a good ending. You know, it's, it's for what you've had over the last, you know, 87 and a half minutes. Of many years without credits, it fits perfectly. Um, tonally, it's right, and it just you know, kind of sitting them. It doesn't leave you on any sort of downer. It just leaves you on a, a moment of absolute slapstick stupidity. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah, I thought that part of the end was great as well. It is, um, and it, you know, as we said, there's very little actual narrative to wrap up. So yeah. it's just like, well, these three are all fine. The trendies are fine. So how do we get out of here? Well, of course, the clowns survive. It's a horror film. Yes. So. You know, just and, and like the freeze frame, yeah, maybe a cut to black would be better, but kind of it's of its time that the freeze frame is a classic 80s technique, isn't it? So, yes, and, exactly. you know, as soon as you realize what's going on anyway, that theme kicks in and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, theme's amazing, don't care. Yeah, don't, yeah couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it works well. I mean, I just look, I'm reading ahead as well. Um, there's a lot of talk on the on the wiki page about sort of the legacy of it and the, and the, the proposed sequels and stuff. Um, so it references the um, the earnest uh, the two of the trolls we used in earnest as we said earlier on. Um, get this right. In 2012, Grant Kramer, who starred in the original film, revealed his character would make a return uh, in in the proposed sequel as a town drunk whom nobody believes. His character would serve as a mentor to young street performers who must fight the killer clowns when they return. He described his character as somewhere between the energy of Chris Christopherson's character in Blade and Christopher Lloyd's character in Back to the Future. I'd pay to see that shit. I'd, I'd pay for that alone, right? The cross between Whistler and Doc Brown alone, like those two characters don't meet. Um, that that doesn't seem to gel to me. No. Uh, That's a big but, old gap. Yeah, great. Uh, and young street performers, right? I love it. What this it, this kind of sounds a little bit attack the block yes. by way of killer clowns. Um, it, it does. Um, I mean, the disappointing part is reading the, the bottom statement. Um, in August 2019, after the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by Disney, it was revealed that Fox had intended on developing the sequel, uh, but Disney had cancelled it along with 200, 200 other projects. Uh, the title was confirmed as The Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. So Disney fucked us on that one. Um, look, it ain't just Disney. Ain't nobody making anything but a surefire hit or something very cheap for at least the next four or five years. Well, now, yeah. I mean, this was last summer. But, uh... This was last summer, yeah. At that point, Disney didn't even know what they had, I don't think. They just went through with a pen. And, of course, they would be red rag to a bull here because Universal are using it extensively in Halloween Horror Nights. Yes. So the last thing Disney want to do is allow them to piggyback off that. 
um you know they put a sequel out all of a sudden there's another surge in popularity and universal start making bank because they've got the merch and they've also got the theme park rights so i mean how that's going to stand now with a lot of those fox properties is beyond me but that's probably for another podcast oh Um, i mean there's going to be a whole lot of fucking wrangling over that one i I wouldn't even want to try and get into that no um depends how long the rights were acquired for in the first place uh also see the marvel deal um yes but yeah, I, I can sort of understand Disney pulling the plug on it, um, particularly because for it to be, were it to have any kind of Disney branding and the clown association may be misleading. Yeah, true. But look, Disney, look, make no mistake, I'm a huge Disney fan. We all know that. But Disney are in the business of making money. Yes. They are a corporate entity. As much as I love all of their product, they are ultimately a corporate entity. This thing will be cheap to make and will make bank sooner or later if Disney now have the rights. I guarantee you this will happen. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the things you will look at as well. I mean, if, if you were, to, if you were uh, looking at sort of that armor Disney and right, okay, we've got this slate of stuff. Okay, we can make this cheap. We know we can make it cheap because people aren't going to be expecting it to look like fucking you know, anything epic. They're going to be expected to be looking like a cheap B horror uh, movie. So let's make it on the cheap. We'll do it as a, under a subsidiary so it's not associated with Disney on, no, in terms of branding and all the rest of it. And we get away with it that way. Um, I think that's. If they do it, that'll be the way they go with it. So it's not on the it's not on the Disney label, if you like. I think um, that'll happen with a lot of Fox properties. We'll, yeah. we'll soon see offshoots for that. But yeah, you're right. They either do that, or if not, at the very least, uh, knowing that this is a viable franchise, they'll just flog it. Well, yeah, sell it on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's talk. I mean, in the article as well, Stephen Kyoto talks about they're um, pursuing a a long arch series as well. So they're looking at actually doing you know when the when the film got um, basically got blocked. Um, they're looking at, uh, about potentially doing uh, an extension, uh, no similar, similar sort of premise, or set twenty five, thirty years later. Um, no, looking at no, looking at moving that along as, as a series. I mean, that, there's option, there are options there as well. I will watch whatever they do with yeah. this franchise as long as, as long as the children are involved, and as long as it's made with the same creativity and passion. Yes. That's those. That's all it needs from me. I don't want to see lazy CG clowns, no. and I don't want to see a retread of the same gags. If they if they can return to this with the same kind of gusto that Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi returned to the Evil Dead franchise with, yes. with Ash versus Evil Dead, I'll be all over it. I think it'll be wonderful. Um, so I I'll I will rewatch this film numerous times over yes, the course same, of my yeah. life. Uh, I have no doubt about it at all, and as I say, it became an instant favourite with me, and I've seen it many, many times in the in the course of two years. Um, it, to be honest, I didn't really need to watch it for this podcast. I've seen it that much, but it's always a good time, so I did. Um, I think for the type of film this is, for the so bad it's good, then you know, for the for the knowing nudge nudge wink wink B movie, yes, if you like. Um, I don't think there are many better. It, you know, this is it's for all it's a stupid premise. It is well made. It's funny. It's smart. It's got an amazing theme tune. Yes. Like it is not about anything at all. That is the only criticism I can point at it. But this fucking killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> like that. That's that's all it needs to be about. I guess you you commit to it or you don't, and you know the the core concept here is just so wholeheartedly embraced by everybody. Yes, 
that it completely works. You know, yeah, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's cheesy. It's stupid. It's trashy. It's, it's just every bad connotation you can throw at it. It is that, and it knows it, and it just goes, yeah, fuck you. I am what I am. Anyway. Yeah. And I fucking love it. Yeah. And I think it was, well, I mean, you look at what came after this. I mean, you look at sort of the late 90s, no, early 2000s, and even into sort of the, the early teens. Um, intentionally, you know, intentional B movies became a thing. Yes. And I don't think many of them were done as well as this because this was well, a very early um, example of it where you know, the, the, I think probably the most lauded one was um, Snakes on a Plane. I mean, I had no. It was a an intentional B movie with blockbuster budget, and it it was all right, but it didn't no it didn't deliver because it was it tried to be too knowing, and I think it's it didn't have the subtlety of this. And I I, I, know, I appreciate the irony of calling a film that is subtle, um, but you knew they were trying to be clever. Whereas this one, you're just like, oh yeah, okay, I, I, I get that, I get what they're trying to do there, and that, that it works. Whereas no, everything with snakes on a plane and Sharknado and all that sort of shit they've gone out of their way to try and create a film as organic as this. Yeah, it's, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's the nuance is, is the difference. Like they know this is bad, but they also know how to make a good film. And so they do that first. Yeah. It just so happens that it is about killer clowns. And so they then have fun with it in terms of its, I guess it's spiritual successes then, if you like, is, is the best way to put it. Those so bad they could be movies. Whilst, yeah. the, whilst the title of it isn't quite the same, I think one of the closest things I can draw a comparison to with, and, uh, you know, it's not even remotely the same in terms of its story, but I kind of think of Deep Blue Sea in as yes. much as it is terrible and it knows it's terrible. Everything about it is fucking ridiculous, but it's great. Yes. Because because it knows what it is and it commits wholeheartedly like this is fucking super jaws is what this is. <laughs> yeah. And it knows it. And that's yeah. fine. That's absolutely fine. It knows where it is. Whereas, yeah, I think you're right. Snakes on a plane knows that you know that it knows. Yeah. That's trying too hard. Yeah. That's and trying they, too they hard. Up, they end up trying to make more of it than there is actually there. Um, yes, because the key no, here it. is just the, the genuine love and passion for the project by everyone involved. Yeah. Everyone believes in this, and more than anything, everyone is having fun. Yeah. And that comes through. That really comes through. That applies to any production, from the biggest budget down to the lowest budget, from the grandiose Oscar bait down to killer clowns from outer space. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, that passion will not translate onto screen. If you're in it to turn a quick buck, the audience knows. Yeah. They just know. And and that is not the case here. And you and you can see, you know, you can see that in all of these films of this time. You can see it in Critters. You can see it. I know it's a bigger budget, but you can see it in Gremlins. You know, you can you can see it in all of these films. You could see it in Ernest Skid Stupid when we looked at that. Hmm. You, you know, and, and we weren't like that was fucking terrible that was a terrible film but again we gave it a pass on a number of things yeah ultimately we decided it was terrible and i'll probably never watch it again but but we did give it a pass on a number of things because everyone believed in it yeah everyone involved believed in it and sometimes you can have a film like that and it and it just doesn't take off because the audience doesn't respond yeah but more often than not it is those films then that find their home on video that's what mm -hmm. becomes a cult classic which is what this is 
you know, yeah. see also a completely different style of film, but see also the likes of More Rats, where mm. clearly everybody, I think that's Stan Lee for fuck's sake, everybody yeah. involved believed in that project and it found its home when it hit DVD, despite bombing at the box office. Yeah. We see this, we see this sort of thing happen time and time and time again. And I think that's the difference with, as you say, the likes of your, your snakes on a plane, which is like, oh, yeah, well, it'll cost us a couple of million and we'll get Samuel L. Jackson and the internet will love it. Yeah. And they did for like six months. Yeah. And now we've all forgotten about it. I saw it once. I think I, I, I rented it when it came out on home release. And I think I, I, I just about made it through the film. And now I can't remember a fucking thing about it. Yeah. There you go. Apart from he's had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. um, it's and it's not a that, passion. Honest, yeah, it's it's not exactly uh, frankly, my dear. I don't give a damn, is it? No, no, and it, it is. Yeah, it's that it's trying too hard, and this never does. It never yeah. has to. Everything, everything just comes naturally because the idea is there and the commitment is there, and the ideas are fucking genius. The sheer yeah. level of creativity involved. It's yeah, wonderful. I I cannot speak highly enough of this film. No. Oh, you're right. Same here. Um, just reading about it as well. Um, the um, the popcorn gun was the most expensive single prop made for the production. It cost seven thousand dollars and wow. took six weeks to build because they had to incorporate a compressor. And look, it looks fucking fantastic. And yeah. like I said, it is the first point in the film where you go, "Okay, that's what I'm watching." Yep. You go, "Okay, you've already seen the clowns, but you know it has a fucking demonic killer clown, and that's yeah. a fucking yeah takes itself very seriously." Yeah, it's when you see that popcorn gun that you go right. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I know. And, and, as you said, at that point, it's I'm in or I'm out. Um, yeah, totally. You know, you, it's it entirely sets up for the rest of the film. For me, it was like I'm all, I'm already in. I'm already invested. But yeah, again, oh, that's I'm all in by that point. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, I know you said earlier on, and I think it's been it's fairly apparent. But is this better than Super Mario Brothers? Oh God, a hundred times yes, a <laughs> hundred times yes, and and not just. Because I formed a, a bond and a connection with it very quickly um, through experience as well, you know, through kind of taking that into a live action environment that helped, obviously. Mm. Um, but genuinely, aside from all of that, it's a very well made film, I think. Massive yeah. script issue aside, which I, as I said, I give it a pass because it's that kind of film. Um, it's very well made. It's, it's technically accomplished. The performances are fine. They're not, you know, they're not brilliant by any stretch, but they, again, they know what they are, and that's yeah. that's fine. Um, some of the sequences are exceptionally well done. They're very, very creepy. Um, the theme song is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's better than Mario Brothers in every single way. It's whilst I can't say it is one of like one of the actual technical best films that we've looked at over the course of this podcast you know because we've had things like rubber which i think are genuinely excellent films mm. you know um there's the film school kid again um <laughs> i would say this is probably my favorite of everything we've looked at maybe suicide squad but mm. no I, no i think this is my favorite i think Going into this, I hadn't seen this in fucking donkeys, as I said, and I, I remembered bits of it. I remembered enough about it to know that I wasn't going to struggle to watch it. Um, some of the things we've looked at, um, you go, oh, fuck, really? Uh, Ernest being a prime example. Um, and you think, right, okay, well, this is one I know I can sit through. Um, and, yeah, I put it on. I, well, I said for seven bucks or whatever it was, I paid for it. 
not over no i'm not fucking worried about the money because i will watch this time and time again um i in terms of sheer enjoyment i would probably put this right up there if not the top then certainly one of the top three that we watched uh, in doing this show um and yeah just because it's fun and it it doesn't take itself seriously and you know it's not trying to make any point we, no, i'm talking about rubber rubber is a very clever film and mm-hmm. it's all about making a point and you get it or you don't and if you don't get it you know you, the reason you don't get it is why you don't get it. You know, it's, it's, it's what is what's is why most people won't embrace it. Whereas this, it knows it's a good time. It knows that if you're looking at if you're looking for a serious film, you're going to go and watch fucking Citizen Kane. Or if you're looking for a, a, a good horror film, you're going to go and watch Friday the Thirteenth. You're not going to be picking up Killer Clowns from Outer Space. If you're coming into it looking for a laugh and something that's a bit jumpy and a bit silly and a bit fucking weird, you're going to go for this. And for 88 minutes or whatever it was. I was quite happy to sit here with my beer and just laugh at the fucking computer and every now and again make sure I hadn't woken anybody up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I, I would put this as being infinitely better than, better than Mario Brothers. No question. Yeah, no whatsoever. Um, as always, we'd love to hear what people think, um, especially when we come up with uh, views that no, may be slightly contentious. Um, yeah, let us know, get in touch. Um, you can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Uh, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you'll find previous episodes of this show, uh, some other shows which we think are pretty good as well, but obviously we're biased. Um, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Blueberry, uh, Acast, Overcast, I don't know, whatever kind of cast you want. All, All the cast. cast. Um, yeah, subscribe, leave us a like, leave us a review, let us know what you think, get in touch, but always know, let us know what you think because it's, it's, it's important to us because we want to know what you want us to talk about. You know, we, we, we put out a shout uh, a while ago asking what people's, you know, what the worst people have seen it, uh, are and we had quite a few responses. We've done some of them, we've, we've planned some of them in, but we're always looking for more, mainly because we're film fans and we want to see stuff um, we might not have seen as well. So let us know, get in touch. Um, but until next time. See you later.